what's good? It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the Netflix documentary hour. Netflix, Amazon. Netflix, Amazon. Disney Plus, Apple Plus. HBO, you know. <laughs> there's no MTV, but now MTV is strictly. Yo, you know there's a BET Plus. You oh, see shit, that? No way. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 um, For Tyler what? Perry is launching BET Plus. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Everything has a plus now. Jesus. Like whatever, what, 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 what? <laughs> we, we all have streaming networks now, homie. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess it's a good thing for. I mean, although they're kind of owned by Viacom now, but I guess the black man has a streaming network. You know what I'm saying? I, that would be dope if they had old school like black movies, like True. Killer of Sheep. Oh, like yeah. the sad thing is, this could actually be a great thing. Will it? No. No. It's gonna be like here's the classic Ti in Atlanta, <laughs> streaming, <laughs> <laughs> Players Club. <laughs> Ice Cubes. <laughs> Greatest movie ever. There's going to be a whole bunch of fucking bad shit. Ooh. Anyway. Anyway. Speaking of streaming, we, there's, there's been a couple of events. Uh, we were discussing before how Rihanna had her Savage X Fenty fashion show on mere blocks away from here. That for some reason, I feel like we were overlooked. We weren't invited. Uh, you know, I had plans. I, gonna, I got the invite. You I'm, know? I'm, I'm, oh, you did? Shit. Fuck. I didn't even get down. I'm going to go talk to my PR person and complain You know, heavily. You know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not Illuminati anymore, but I'm Illuminati adjacent. Oh, uh, so. Illuminati adjacent. No, no, I'm going to go out there and smack <laughs> over my pot of purse. Be like, how could you? Do you know who I am? Um, but uh, but apparently that's going to be on Amazon. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we had one, one of the greatest documentary films ever. Up there with This Is Spinal Tap, Travis Scott blessed us with a glance at his life. And we all found out his life. And he himself is boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely no substance in Mr. Scott. He is all curation. Oh, man. So, I, so all right. So I do have to say... The, the trailer to this documentary was one of the best documentary trailers of all time. <laughs> I was so hyped. Shouts to the editor, you know what I'm saying? Shouts to you, dog. They edited the shit out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade out of lemons, you know what I'm saying? Shouts to you, Brad, out there. So, so I'm ready, right? I'm like, oh, man, Travis Scott. You know, and look, I'm not like a super fan, but I admire the dude's work. Like, yeah. You know, Rodeo was an amazing album. One of the best albums of his generation. Um, you know, like, like he has a fan base. He's able to, you know, like, like Astro World was not my favorite album, but like he has a vision. It was huge. You know, it was, was one of my favorite of that yeah. year. He's somebody where he pops some other songs to make yeah. his, you know, going yeah. back to Rihanna. He was on that, that Woo song. That was a great song on the fucking answer. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So he's a bona fide superstar. So yeah. like, I'm here for it, you know, but that documentary, oh my God, dude. Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. Did, did, so did you watch it? A little bit. Yeah. I, I, I watched a little bit too. <laughs> And I'm just like, what is this? It's it, and I get the idea is, you know what it is. The problem is that, and I kind of see it with HBO and Beyonce, obviously, where there's a there's a this, you know, we we all about the content. You gotta sell them the fucking content. Going back to fucking Rihanna and Fenty, it's like to have a big superstar having this big launch. You kind of go in there, you have a couple documentary filmmakers, they have all this footage, you edit it out, you put it on there, you get your X amount of streams. It justifies people paying X amount a month for your plus. Yeah, <laughs> but the problem here is the fact <laughs> that you gotta have people who actually kind of have visions. And the thing is, or I, I won't even say I'm gonna be cruel. 
rule and say that Travis Scott isn't talented, but he's somebody where he's definitely focused on as far as he curates. He grabs things, he puts it together, and he puts it out. He's somebody where he gets great collaborators together. He's somebody where he could have, you know, James Blake, Team Impala, yeah. and like fucking, you know, like Drake, and then have it all fucking flow together. Yeah. That's his power. His, But I think as a person, as there's no enigma. There's n- I can never imagine me as a person saying, ooh, what's the secret behind, like, you know, you know, Travis Scott, perhaps Young Thug, because he's got a lot of weird, crazy ideas, you know, playing with gender, yada, yada, yada. I would kind of want to see the thought process there. With Travis Scott, the thought process is basically like, this is some cool shit. And we have this shit, I'll put this shit over here. And that's kind of like, the, that's the beginning and the end of his genius. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But at the same time, does that make a riveting documentary? I don't know. Yeah. And you, all right. So I, did, I didn't finish it. I, I did go to the Twitter. Twitter, Twitter finished it for me. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, somebody was saying, like, I this is, like, the first documentary I watched where I learned nothing about the actual subject of the documentary. <laughs> you know, so apparently there's really nothing about the, his childhood or, you know, upbringing. You know, it's just like, and I saw, like, pieces of that in the, in the beginning, but it was just, like, edited in a way that was just super weird in some of the, the, the visual choices. Like, I guess they were using, like, this, like, g- grainy VHS editing technique. For things that happened last year, somebody's going crazy with the Final Cut X yeah, <laughs> filters. Exactly, exactly. Like, like all the plugins, put so, them all. So it, it was weird. It was throwing me off too because I'm like, oh wait, is this like ten years ago, fifteen years ago? Like Travis Scott's not that old. Why does it look like it's from 1984? <laughs> oh no, this is from the 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 recording of Astroworld. They, so it's like two years ago. They at, called at up least. the Stranger Things fucking special effects team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess we got that Netflix money, <laughs> but it was just like all these weird, you know just like style choices um there's no like common thread it was just like random things edited together mm. um and i think it was just kind of done in a way that i don't know just bored me just just really truly truly bored me and i feel like that's one of the things about netflix is just like they don't have like a gatekeeper right like they just give you the money and you do just do shit and you just put it up <laughs> Yeah, there isn't. There's no QA in Netflix. Yeah, as, as we all know, in that late night, two in the morning, Nami watches fucking 1994 shitty slasher movie. Yeah, but you know, like, 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 so I feel like a lot of their original content is now just kind of junk like this, where it's just like you, you know, like it's great that like we're empowering Travis Scott and his documentary team to put some stuff together, but like you know, I feel like it just lacks that curation. It lacks somebody saying it lacks that like second pair of eyes, you know. And I feel like that's I've seen that with other Netflix shows too, where it's just like you just give people money and it, they just do stuff. And I feel like you know sometimes you need a second pair of eyes. Sometimes you need somebody to say like, is that a right choice? Yeah. And I feel like that's what's lacking with this documentary, which sucks because I I do think that Travis Scott is, I I feel like he's a worthy subject. You know, I feel like he he's you know gotten to the point where he's earned a documentary. You know, like, like he's a very interesting person. I don't really know that much about Travis Scott, to be honest. You know, like, I, I mean, the, the, the most I know about Travis Scott is just, you know, like bits and pieces. Um, so I think it could have been something that would have been really worthwhile and really like engaging. You know, he has like the Kardashian stuff. Maybe they got to that in the documentary. I don't know. But like, even like how he went from like this dude in Houston to now in Calabasas with the Kardashians. Like, where does that connection come from? But I you wonder know? if the problem is also that like going back to the idea of the second pair of eyes is where usually documentarians you're kind of following around and, you know, you aren't, you aren't really 
generally is frowned upon to pay the subjects, and generally is frowned upon to give the subjects power over editing. You're kind of there to fly in the wall. You look at, yeah. you know, you're a third party. That the goal. I'm just saying it happens all the time, but. In general, the, the, the idea behind a documentary is the fact of where they're objective. Obviously, after the fact, documentaries are edited to have a slant. You know, I don't think anybody wants to see a documentary without a point of view, which could, which is kind of like this. But in general, yeah. I think the problem there is also the fact of where it's it's not really a documentary. It's just like here's a whole bunch of bunch of footage of Travis Scott, which he kind of edited to make sure that it looks cool. Yeah. But there's no real meat there, and it's something where you know, like it'd be nice to see. You know, it's even with, let's say, and, and like I said, I was worried is there's been a long history of documentaries that even though they're kind of commissioned, they still show another side. Like you have Metallica, some kind of monster, which basically was like weird, basically like for every metalhead's dream, watching a band in therapy yeah. <laughs> for two hours, which, but it was riveting to kind of see yeah. these multi-million dollar creatives work out their issues for having this, this project they're doing. And I think the problem with like Travis Scott in general, and there's a lot of the things is everything is so Instagram curated that you can't really be seen uncool. And I think that's a problem because by the nature of a good documentary, it's uncool. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 I mean, there's there's no struggle there. I mean, there is that, that clip in that part of the documentary where he got arrested, but it was kind of glossed over in a way, and just kind of, they moved on to the next. It, you know, that could have been something that's, like, really engaging, you know? It was really messed up that he was, like, arrested for just, you know, telling the, I guess, like, the, the venue to turn the lights off or something like that, and the people were, were scared that he was going to incite a riot. That was really messed up. Police overreach. There's a lot of things that they could have went there with. Um, and then, like, that was just glossed over. And then there's another scene where he's just at his grandmother's house. And that's a random scene. And <laughs> he pulls away in his Lambo. Glossed over. And then there's, like, another random scene. So there's all these just, like, random scenes. And there's no through line. And there's no... I'm not saying, like, it needs to show struggle. But there, there's just... Just it's gonna have a, a narrative point. It's gonna have a, not, not necessarily yeah. a plot per se, but it's gotta be a purpose. It just can't yeah. just be because if that's the case, that's you just flipping through my phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like you're just flipping through a phone and playing, pressing play on a scene on a video, and yeah. you're like flipping through another like another scene on your phone and then pressing pressing play. That's how it felt like mm. with just a grainy ass 1984 Instagram filter. Uh. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but I mean, get get that money, black man. No, I mean, quote, look, I childish. look, you know, get that Netflix. Apparently, is just writing checks to anybody, so you know what? Get that Netflix money. Absolutely, get that money. Get that money. But uh, I guess, I guess it's kind of segues into like you know our little topic of tonight, which is basically it's about music, but not. Mm. So we're gonna start off with an with interesting fact. Where right now, 2019, you know, hopefully y'all have your bell bottoms. You know, hopefully you'll have your fucking extra tight fucking, you know, best polyester butterfly collars because the last time was the 1970s, the fucking LPs are going to eclipse CD sales the way it's going in 2019, which is insane. And LPs mean vinyl, kids. Yes, vinyl. Oh, sorry about that. Vinyl. <laughs> so vinyl basically has killed off CD, like like a weird revenge movie out of the murky, the murky fucking swamps of fucking plastic. Vinyl climbed out of the primordial ooze and basically destroyed the CDs who destroyed it 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's something where, you know, and, and it kind of makes sense because in a weird way, and it's, it, it eventually will come back, but right now CDs are kind of seen as tacky, cheap, plastic. 
you know, that's my dad uses CDs, you know what I'm saying? But oh, vinyl, God. vinyl is like an heirloom, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, it's like Rolexes. It's like, you know, you don't buy the vinyl for me. You buy it for your future grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I know this because I own many Rolexes, guys and girls out there. Just, just balling out over here. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, and I would assume that this is new vinyl. Right, so this is this is like the new trick wrapped. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's it is new well, vinyl. And yeah, it, it is definitely new vinyl. But the reason why I bring it up is because it's definitely new vinyl. But also, the, the, the crazy fact is, how many of these are repressings? Like it's it's yeah. for even relatively recent bands. Like like Radiohead has had like three or four vinyl pressings oh, of, of OK Computer. So it's yeah. just like and it and they aren't different. It's like a lot of them have like. You know these crazy new tracks. It's like you know maybe one time they added some bonus material. Besides that, it's just been like you know re 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 remastered. Or, or, or even you know they you know uh, I saw a repressing of uh, Aretha Franklin. Um, it's like uh, her gospel album, like live in Inglewood or something like that. It was like Ingle, Crenshaw Inglewood Bap, like Baptist Choir or whatever. I saw a repressing of that uh, at Amoeba Music for like selling for 40, 40 something bucks. Nice. I got that. I got that vinyl for like. The, the OG vinyl I got for like five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're even like taking, you know, advantage of, you know, unfortunately people passing away and like doing repressings and jacking up the price. Yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's very, it's, it's weird. It's, it is very weird, you know, and it's not saying, like, you know, like, look, CDs are always already like on a low downslope anyway. So it's not like it's a huge volume of music. I mean, like by by and large, we all stream our music. That's like the way that we get eighty percent of our music today, right? So yeah. it's not saying like like vinyl is, is this huge threat to like like you know like streaming or whatnot. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy that like you know CDs have gone so far down that, and it's crazy that like vinyl is is now becoming mainstream. Yeah, it used to be like you oh, had to be out a, for the dirty hipsters. Yeah, yeah. Like you had to be a music nerd. You know, you had to like go and get a turn, like get your dad's turntable or something. <laughs> you know, like you're like yeah, that that dirty hipster. You have to be a crate digger. You have to be a producer. You have to be like this aesthetic. And now like vinyl is just like going out like and buying like a t-shirt now. Like it's it's like this this weird mainstream thing that like you know kids are getting into and. I know older people are getting into because, like, oh, the kids are doing it. So, like, back in my day, I did this. I'm going to start doing it again. Like, it's, it's just crazy. This is how I'm going to bond with my son, even though he hates me. And I've worked at a law firm for 20-hour days for the last four years. Now, we'll all bond together. We'll walk into the Urban Outfitters and pick up that Jimi Hendrix are you experienced. And we'll look into each other's eyes, and he'll forgive me for all the abandonment issues he's growing up with. That's what I see. That's every boomer's dream right about now. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's just crazy full circle. Oh, you know, um, it's, it's all about like nostalgia. It's the, it's the idea of where, you know, like I said, it's like CDs are seen as cheap and plasticky. But right now, you know, you go into somebody's house and you see, you know, a vinyl collection. It tells you about that person. It's, it's the same kind of idea yeah. of where people collect quote unquote books they don't read. It's like, oh, I am this person. This is this is my identifier. This is this is my thing. This is my you know this this is my 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 my. This is how I show I'm cool. I'm one of the hip cats. Yeah, no, and, and, but that's the thing. I, I feel like it's moved beyond nostalgia now. 
Like it's it's moved to you know just being a mainstream thing. No, like, yeah, it was like I, yeah. nostalgia. It was like oh yeah, like going like and going and My digging dusty crates. fingers. Look at look at these paper cuts. You know, like, look at these paper cuts. I, I was find that, like rare like <laughs> first pressing Beatles album from nineteen fifty five. Mono only, bro. <laughs> you know when they're in Berlin. You know like like you know it used to be that, and now I feel like it's it's like oh no, I'm just gonna buy like the Childish Gambino album. I'm gonna buy you know the Travis Scott album. Yeah, this is my, yeah, I'll just go to pre-order it and there it'll come. Yeah, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, or like they'll buy the merch directly from from the uh, you know artist. You yeah. know, I know like uh, Tyler the Creator like sells tons of vinyl. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and like, I, I owned yeah, the yeah, last record. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's like a way for them, not you know, like fans to say like, okay, great, I'm gonna go to your website and put money in your pocket, and I'm gonna get something in return, which is a physical manifestation of like your album. So yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's beyond like nostalgia i think it's just we we're still looking for that those tangible things yeah and it, and it kind of goes back to some other music news where uh you know the evil taylor swift the wicked witch of the west was out there number one perched for minions guarding her castle and out of nowhere tool shows up and knocks her off her perch so tool has a number one album in the u.s wow which is a big feat that. for uh, basically a hard rock band hard rock metal band in, in 2019 because we all know how popping that genre is you know a lot of crazy new ideas are happening in hard rock and metal <laughs> but um the interesting thing about that is going back to the cd is the fact of where the only physical release for this was basically this deluxe package mm-hmm. where basically it's uh 45 dollars it's uh i think two cds and it comes in a case where the case itself plays the music videos what? and has speakers. What? So basically, you got it's like a USB. Like it, like you it's, you unfold it. There's a huge booklet of fucking art and fucking. There's a video player when you unfold it, and it'll show you trippy tool shit. And fucking, it'll play the music through the fucking speakers. Whoa. So, and then basically, it's so popping where I remember, I was, because I saw it, and I, you know, you kind of seen it on Twitter. I was like, oh, it's on pre-sale. Apparently, they sold out of those son of bitches. Oh, of course. And then, so they had another repressing, but bringing it back, well, so they, they, they dethroned Taylor Swift. And what's kind of interesting is looking at the numbers, they had very small streaming numbers. Most of those sales came from actual physical bought downloads, mm. which makes sense because any hardcore Tool fan is probably too old enough to understand how to use Spotify. And also, a third of those sales were from those CDs. Yeah. So once wow. again, you've got this band selling out fucking, selling you these records, selling you this fucking, this, you know, this piece of, of, of physical thing, even in the era of streaming, and that physical thing sold like fucking hotcakes, enough where they're flipping it on eBay. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's that's like, truly amazing. Yeah, because I saw it and I was like, "Oh, that's some crazy ass shit." And I was like, "I'm not spending forty five dollars," but apparently I was dumb because I could have made some fucking money putting that bitch right back on sale. <laughs> but it kind of makes sense in a weird way because, uh, particularly with that fan base, where you know they used to seeing something physical, they grew up in CDs because that's when they became huge, and it's also something cool and trippy. So you've got these people who've got this disposable income. And they want to kind of support the band. Yeah. And rather than, you know, being the old fogies that they should be and going into the iTunes store and hitting download as opposed to streaming it, they're like, all right, cool. I'll buy this piece of kit. It's not that big of a deal. I haven't bought a new record since Pearl Jam's last one. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to kind of see that kind of, you know, basically it's rare to see a band hit number one nowadays based on actual sales. Yeah. And they fucking did it. So yeah. that's another crazy trippy that's, fucking thing. That's crazy. Yeah. That's mad crazy. Yeah. Like, I... I you know, I'm a Tool fan. Like, I'm not saying I'm a super fan, but I enjoy the music. Um, but yeah, like th- that's actually really beautiful. 
like that opens up so many doors now for artists um to to yeah like maybe you're selling art maybe you're doing like <laughs> all these diff- different crazy things but you attach some type of music product to it and like not only you're making more money and you're keeping more of that money but you're also giving the fan that something that like you know they can hold on to and flip and, on ebay and, yeah, <laughs> and flip on ebay and you're you're actually like topping the charts at the same time like yeah. that's a beautiful thing what what time to be alive what time to be alive <laughs> and so like and we were discussing it it kind of goes out to because there's a documentary flying around that vice news did on uh brett fires brett fires fires i can't always pronounce it brett fires <laughs> but anyway the dude was on the, the hook on uh Golding's um crew you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna even bother trying to sing it because i can't sing for shit and it'll embarrass myself yeah, it's a little like mumbly too. You see, that's a little, it's a little smooth. It's a, it has a melody, but it's a little mumbly. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so Vice News introduces um introduces them and um, basically interviews them. And and long story short, it's basically looking at people going the DIY route, where you know it's him and his manager. That you know after that song became a huge gargantuan hit, record labels came a calling. They said they looked at Chance the Rapper. So what he was doing outside of the record label fucking system and basically just kind of configured it where, you know, they just basically do it on themselves where they, they look at the streams, they put the albums up themselves, they pay for the albums themselves, they plan the tours out based on the algorithm. It's basically they've kind of become their own and it's kind of, I don't want to say record label themselves, but a lot of the plannings and promotion and everything else they've taken upon themselves to kind of do and they've done that in a very 2019 kind of way. Where, you know, and not to say that algorithm things that didn't exist before, those tools are kind of always available, but it's kind of interesting to see kind of, you know, the, the artists and the manager kind of approach it from a very mathematical kind of business standpoint. Yeah. Where it's like, all right, you know, we're art, this, they love this single over here because they, they, I think they basically what I liked about it was about super fans. They're like, all right, we know that. You know, beyond streams, because you got a lot of people who stream shit all the time. It's part of playlists, yada, yada, yada. But we know that, you know, in this city, we've got X amount of thousand people who played, you know, the album, specifically the album itself, X amount of times, and they really love the band. So we know that if we marketed it towards them, that the chance of them kind of showing up, because obviously he's one of their favorite artists, is very high. Yeah. As opposed to like, all right, let's go, you know. I guess, you know, there's a lot of weird, at a certain point, you know, this well, because you throw shows. There's like a tour corridor, you kind of yeah. say. Like yeah. leg one, leg two. Whereas yeah. like, you'll definitely hit your New Yorks. You might hit your Phillies. But then are you really going to hit your, let's say, and your Washington DCs on the, on the East Coast? Yeah. But are you really going to hit, like, let's say, you know, your Syracuse? Yeah. Or your Albany? Yeah. You know, things kind of change. And, but by them kind of looking at these numbers, they're able to kind of see it. And what I find fascinating is, they kind of made mention of it, is the streaming numbers are so low that primarily they're using streaming just to kind of see where the interest is. Yeah. Not like, oh shit, I'm going to take this point oh 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 eight cents and fucking blow the fuck out. Yeah. All right. Side note, I actually did go to a concert in Albany mm. this past weekend. You did? <laughs> How was the Cardi B? Uh, yo, it was actually dope as hell. No, I don't doubt it. But, but in a way that, you know, because I'm like, I mean, I don't want to go on t- tangent, but like Cardi B played upstate New York. I was, I didn't know what to expect, but like it was packed out. People going crazy. People knew all the songs. People know songs from the mixtape. So yeah, like I'm actually because I was kind of curious and just I'll, I'll connect this back to the Brent Fayas thing. I'm kind of I was kind of curious, like why is she playing the show in like like Saratoga Springs, which is like 45 minutes north of Albany, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and like this you know it's red state New York, like. Trump 
like voters, Trump bumper stickers everywhere. It's red state New York, right? And like, why is Cardi B playing the show? And I'm like, maybe I'm sitting there, and you know, there's like 10, 15,000 people. Everybody's going crazy. And I'm just like, oh snap! Like, like there must have been some data saying like this is a place to go. And she even said like this is probably one of my top five shows that I've ever performed. Which I don't know if she's like, you know, just we love like, you, Cleveland. You know, I don't know if she's <laughs> just like, like saying, saying some shit, but like, you know, it seems sincere. Um, but I was like, yeah, it's like like this might be this, this weird quirk where you have these algorithms and you have this data now that can can show you like these like you know places that you would never think about like albany or like upstate new york like you know obviously you're gonna play the like the new york's the phillies you know like the dcs or whatever but like Miami's, you might have to, yeah, LA's, yeah, Atlanta, you know but like, you might have these pockets in quote unquote middle america that you might have never known about until you like start looking at your data and it was kind of crazy to see like, like again like we have a crowd like that's that's in the middle of nowhere, and they're they're like they know your first mixtape or your like or the the gangsta bitch mixtape. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. That's real crazy to 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 kind of see because you make these assumptions about these areas. But um, so yeah, like it's it's a cool. I mean, we joke about the algorithm, but like you know, it could be used for good sometimes. Yeah, and and and, <laughs> and that goes into basically the last thing I want to discuss was Estero. So Estero was for you for you little kids out there for you youngins. Estero was this uh, avant-garde art. Avant-garde is that fair? I guess avant-gardeish. I, 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 I don't know. Experimentally, I feel like I feel like those words are loaded. Where it's like it's just yeah. weird. Somebody's playing kazoo. Or there's a computer she wasn't dying. Like Annie DeFranco or anything. Yeah, you know? no, no. Like, yeah, like, but but somebody who's fine. a little bit more on the artsier side of the R and B Canadian. You know, shouts shouts to Okanda. And then um, basically she just came out and then um, she had a career in the. Um, late '90s, early aughts, I believe. Uh, yeah, line? like '98. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's been doing dope music since. You know, for you young kids, actually, a lot of her old producers helped this guy called The Weekend when he came out. Also, shots to Doc McKinney. Shots to Doc McKinney. But um, but anyway, so she, long story short, is working on some new stuff. Put some of that new stuff on Spotify. But here's the fucking hook: that new stuff plays for about X amount of minutes and stops. And basically, it's her pleading with the fucking listener to actually go download the song on like Bandcamp or through yeah. other places. And what I find fascinating is going back to the kind of like to the the the, the, the through line through all we've been kind of discussing is the idea of where in 2019 it's almost as as if the music is just an advertisement. Yeah. Where it's not necessarily like we all love our songs. We we you know there'll always be a, a hit. There's there'll always be even even though we're kind of arguably a little bit post album. There'll always be huge hit singles. There'll always be big albums. But I think generally the idea of where you can kind of drop these things and kind of you know fly out the Calabasas and chill, even for your megastars, even for your Cardi B, is not the case. So you're kind of in a weird space of where you're using the algorithm just to kind of advertise you. Yeah. And to sell, you know, in tools case, fucking overpriced, fucking cheap, made in China, fucking DVD players and fucking, you know, Cardi B's case, you know, flying out to Albany to play for, you know, a whole bunch of rednecks that fucking happen to be hardcore Cardi B fans. <laughs> <laughs> and also for like something like Estero, where it's just like, hey, you know, I, I'm still around. If you really want to hear more of this shit, just come to my band camp and there's a whole bunch of the shit that you can kind of, kind of catch up with. Yeah. And it's kind of weird where 
like music has shifted where it's not going anywhere, but artists are kind of still trying to find lanes and kind of finding lanes that are different from just like here, 360 deal with fucking, you know, Sony, you own half my soul, you own half my fucking, you know, record sales, you own half my fucking merch and you own my half my fucking tour. Yeah. Uh, I, I do I just have to say that that's a gangster move by Sarah, by the way. Like, oh yeah, it's awesome. It's because I, I know Spotify was pissed as shit. <laughs> yeah, but then like, what is Spotify going to do? Yeah, like, if they if they pull the track, <laughs> that's also a really shitty move by Spotify. Yeah, and, and, you know, yeah. and, and look, they you know, I remember when they pulled R. Kelly's music, right? And like, they got shit for it. And like, R. Kelly raped people, right? <laughs> So if you pull, <laughs> if you pull like this music, just you know, because somebody's criticizing your business model, like that's. I mean, I'm not saying that's worse, but I'm just saying like, 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 you know, like you just have you have such a thin skin, you know. Like, yeah. It's supposed to be about artists and, and whatnot. Gangster move by Ciro. Uh, you know, it sucks that it has to come to this, but you know, there is this thing where like. You, you were just saying that, you know, music now is kind of an advertisement for, like, the other things and these other, like, you know, revenue streams for artists. And I feel like with, spree- with streaming, it's almost by design, right? Like, you know, an artist like Astero is, like, you know, maybe going to get 100,000 streams max on, some, on a project, right? But 100,000 streams at .01 cent is, you know, what, like 100 bucks? Like, you know, like whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's not, it's like you can't rely on that that stuff at all. Yeah, and even so, if you're, like, and the thing is crazy is even if you're a huger artist, like, it's not like, you know... Like, even I'm pretty sure you look at Madonna's shit, her checks. I mean, she's an exception to a certain extent, but, like, even, let's say, who's the name of, Like, Khalid. Yeah. Khalid is making fucking pennies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to cry for Khalid. Oh, you know, not. But, but I'm, I'm but, saying is, yeah, I mean, he probably gets a lot of fees from showing up with other people's shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. probably gets points for songwriting. Yeah. But the actual, like, oh, here's a song getting played. Here's my checks. Yeah. His checks aren't like back in the, you know, the cocaine era of fucking even in the 90s. You yeah, know what no, saying? no, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you have to work way harder as an artist. And especially, but yeah, especially if you're on a sterile level, it's just like, you know, that streaming money is not even an option for you. Yeah. So you have, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Gangster moves. Gangster moves. <laughs> All right. In that case, let's, let's talk about some new music, huh? Um, I guess I'll start it off since you kind of mentioned them already. I'll start with my 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 homies, my my bros, Tool. So uh, long story short, for you guys who don't know, Tool. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Dumb Will and Von P. Uh, all right, uh, we'll, we'll get to him in a second. I, well, yo, you, you don't think I, I fuck with Made It Hard, man? We were out there in the nineties and shit. You know what I'm saying? Knocking back some fucking some Shinerbach out in Texas. You know, a lot of Palooza. You know. But, uh, but anyway, <laughs> that'll be my next new music. I, I jumped the gun. But anyway, long story short, Tool, Tool's a band that came in the early 90s. Fun fact, they were BFFs with Rage Against the Machine, and it's the same, shared the same fucking practice space. Mm. So there's actually songs out there, which is like half, to, it's like both of them jamming together about revolution songs. Oh, word. Like, and so fucking long story short, band came out, grunge era, a little bit leaning more on their hard rock, less Seattle grunge. Um... Around the time of their second album, they made a weird artistic leap into kind of art metal, mm-hmm. where they would have these crazy stage shows, and it was all trippy, and it would have these interludes, and fucking the music, the musicians, it's uh, the musicianship itself kind of stepped up, where they kind of went from you know this this more fancy, artier leaning, hard rock 
into basically like almost pro- actually not even almost prog rock. Yeah. Like right now, you can make the argument that as far as prog rock is concerned, Tool is the biggest prog rock, prog rock band in the world outside of let's see your Pink Floyd who are still kicking around. Yeah. Like for a quote unquote young band. Yeah. They're the biggest young prog band out there. Furthermore, by the nature of what they do and how popular they are. They probably, in an intersection of prog rock and intersection of metal and intersection of hard rock, they're probably, you know, top five across those three demographics easy. Yeah. Like, I can't think of, you know, they go on stadium tours and they sell those stadiums out. I've seen them in the 90s to the, to the aughts. I've probably seen them like five or six times. And those, those stage shows are crazy. They would have fucking Cirque du Soleil dancers. And they'd be trippy because this fucking just satanic shit is in the background. Then you see this fucking, <laughs> this like pretty little trapeze woman, tra- trapeze around the satanic imagery. Crazy shit. But anyway... Long story short, they've been a band that, you know, they've kind of, you know, they've done their music, but they've done it in a very artsy way, and they've done it in a way that's been kind of timeless. Um, another quick side fact, enough where the reason why I think they're very artsy is because the guitarist is also like a like a design dude. He did Terminator 2, the special effects. He helped do, he helped do that, actually. Oh, that's crazy. So it's like a weird intersection of art students and, and good musicianship that they kind of meet. So long story short, they disappeared for like 13 years. Which they kind of been apt to do because it feels like every time there's an album coming out, there's always some legal issues with their old label, yada, yada, yada. So this one comes out. And it's just basically a return to form, but for a slight caveat. So from my perspective, what Tool always did really well was the fact of where they're able to kind of balance the bro hard rock shit and artsy shit. Yeah. You know, they'll have a song about genetic engineering. You know what I'm saying? They'll have a song, you know, about climate change. But again, the song about electric, about, you know, genetic engineering would be like, we're all doomed. The song about climate change would be like, fuck you, you assholes, fucking recycle. You know, yeah. they've kind of balanced those both worlds. And as a result, they've been very kind of weird because of it. And quirky. This album is very by the numbers for them, it's very great. It's the greatest hits, mm. but there's nothing weird about it. So for a project that's kind of been very artsy, it's kind of disappointing to see them kind of take it so seriously yeah. without any kind of humor where they've been known to have, kind of have humor. Like they've had albums where, like there's one album, there's one song in one of the albums where basically it's like this, this angry Nine Inch Nails industrial beats and it's a guy in German screaming. But then when you get it translated, it's just instructions to how to bake cookies basically. <laughs> Like, you know, they've done a lot of weird shit. Yeah. And, and you know, it's kind of cool to kind of have them come back and play at a high level, but the weird shit is missing. So it's like, on the one hand, if you like music, if you like, obviously, they've got one of the greatest drummers in the world. If you like great drumming, if you like great instrumentation, it's fantastic. As far as something, and particularly... Even in 2019, we've got a lot of artists kind of pushing things in kind of certain ways, kind of playing certain kind of paradigms. It is a little disappointing to kind of see them kind of do this regular ass shit. Yeah. Like it's enough where, and like they've been around, you know, again, this is an arena touring machine. They, they've got everything down pat. Enough where I was talking with a drummer friend of mine, um, JC, where I was like, you could even tell like they've got their own tool scale. Mm. Where like they play these notes a certain kind yeah. of way and they, you know, play them backwards and forwards and you have a lot of that. And not to say these songs are bad. They're actually pretty great, but it... At a certain time, you kind of see this band kind of hit the, you know, where a lot of bands would be kind of going more and more experimental. They've kind of, you know, become more conservative. Can't really be bad, mad because they've done that all their life. They've kind of pushed a paradigm. Yeah. But that's kind of where it is. It's a really good but not great album by Tool. Yeah. So that's my opinion of that. Cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Uh, so uh, I have been listening to the new album from Jadina. Ooh, supporting supporting our, our African brethren. Nice. Yeah. Mm. So Jadina is is 
you know, I think he dropped like maybe four or five years ago um, under the Wonderland Records label, which is Janelle Monet's crew and collective. Um, he's always been this weird paradigm, right? Best rep, but dressed rapper <laughs> by far. Well, I, don't right? know, I feel like I feel like Farnsworth Bentley was rapping technically for yeah, a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Where, where's Farnsworth at though? Uh, you know, you true, know? Yeah. but you know, like, like basically, like you look at him, he's like the Dapper Dan of rap. Basically, you know, he's just like fitted suits, like everything's fly, everything's slick. You know, like you know, like like that's that's his thing. But his music was like all over the place like he had this track classic man which is like a really dope track actually like just kind of like you know like matched his aesthetic where like you know he, he's dressing in these suits and is all bespoke and tailored and this was kind of like a, a a track that was like the soundtrack of that so like classic man it had a little tj mustard bite off beat behind it too yeah 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 but uh I think like his music has been all over the place. He's like done trap music. He's done like hip hop. You know, like it's just been like a clusterfuck and mismatch of of, of styles. Um, so I never kind of got into his music. You know, it's it's always kind of just been so like all over the place where I could never pin him down. And you know, I'm not saying like he should have one style, but it just never resonated with me. So. Um, but he just dropped an album a couple weeks ago called 85 to Africa. So Jadena is, uh, half Nigerian, you know, um, half white. Um, that's his background. Um, and you know, Africa's hot, you know, it, it's, and that it's like, it's how hot is it? It's dun, like, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, but, all right. So, and what I'm saying is, you know, like when Drake founded Africa, yes, you're right. When he, when he, when he, when he founded <laughs> When he hopped on the Canadian yacht from Calabasas <laughs> and sailed and discovered this, this faraway land and their musics. <laughs> so obviously, like, Africa is the backbone of, of, of all music. Don't at me. Um, but, you know, like, like Afrobeat and African sounds have had this, like, weird kind of, I wouldn't say resurgence, but, you know, Drake, you know, started working with Wizkid and a couple of Nigerian artists, like, a few years ago. And, you know, like, like stole their aesthetic and went to number one. And I think <laughs> now it created like this weird opening for more African artists, um, you know, like Burna Boy and a few other people who are actually like, which is actually kind of cool in a way because like now Burna Boy is doing a tour of the U S right. So like you're, you're now seeing some of these artists uh, kind of come over to, to the States. It's not like huge. The, the whole kind of like, Afrobeat thing is still kind of a coastal thing. It's still kind of like a New York, LA, you know. I know Burn Boy's doing a lot of stuff in ATL right now. So, like Atlanta, you know, uh, it's like an urban thing. Um, but it's it kind of cool to see this African Afrobeat aesthetic, like, you know, just kind of taking hold in the States. I love, I love the Afrobeat, Afrobeat music, you know, like I love seeing, you know, artists from that, you know, just from Africa, like, you know, get some paper, you know. Um, but there have been these attempts now from other artists to kind of, you know, I guess like try to tap into this aesthetic. So you had like, you know, like Fritz Montana, like did the Afrobeat song and, you know, like, I don't know, there's a few other like people who try to, um, I think JLo did something or try to do something in that vein. Um, you know, the gold link, uh, dropped, um, his concept album um that's kind of like merging some of that afrobeat music and Af the afrobeat sound together but um 
Jadena, I think, is probably so eighty five to Africa is what it means, like Interstate eighty five, which runs through Atlanta. Shouts to ATL to Africa, right? So it's kind of like, okay, great, you're gonna have you know this kind of southern trap, and then you're gonna have this these, this African beats, and it works. It's like a concept album that that really was able to on the production side meld everything together in a seamless way, and it's the first time I've, I've listened to a like one of these Afrobeat harping albums that I'm like, there's a vision behind it, there's a consistency behind it, there's an aesthetic behind it, and yeah, it really really works, um, and you know to the point where yeah you'll have like you know. I forgot the song, but it's like it's a it's a trap beat, but they have these African horns instead of having like you know like jazz horns and like that. It's like African horns, you know, um, it's, and it's African street horns too. Like it's like this really interesting way that they kind of meld in like the streets of Nigeria oh, into like a trap beat, you know, um, and then there'll be like you know like like just straight up like african afrobeat songs like sufi woman it's a straight up afro afrobeat song you know um susu straight up afro Af- like african song like like you know soup to nuts and he's working with i saw he's like i saw the production credits he's working with a lot of nigerian american artists uh producers um which is really interesting too it's like a lot of americans who have who also are like him like have a nigerian background um but it feels authentic and it feels like just you know, it just it feels like they they weren't trying to do a money grab, or they weren't trying to like just jump on a trend. It feels like they actually they, like, they didn't go to SoundCloud and type in Afro beats <laughs> type beats. Yeah, exactly. Download, 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 exactly. download. We exactly. have the whole album. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and I, I no no disrespect to Go Link, but I kind of felt that that was the Go Link album to me. It just felt very disconnected. Uh, Golink's album Diaspora, which kind of was trying to do the same thing, maybe more on like, you know, less on the hip hop side, more on the, on the dance side. It kind of felt like disconnected. Uh, whereas this Jadena album felt way more authentic. Um, and it just, you know, it knocks. Like it's, it's. I mean, look, I also was, I was driving this past weekend, and like anytime I listen to something in the car, I I, I think I feel I, I appreciate it a little bit more. That kicker box is kind of going, air know? conditioner, you know what I'm saying? Top yeah. down. Yeah. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Get, driving get around. The sunroof, like, yeah. Ooh. So, um, but no. My hair flowing. <laughs> driving out to Malibu, Pacific Coast Highway. I know that feeling, Stone. Yeah, fam. You know what I'm saying? Out there, you know, a little of that white in the nose. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that feeling, dude. I mean, I me mean, neither. I was just, <laughs> I've watched way too much The Hills in my lifetime, guys. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's, it's a really cool album. And I, and I feel like if you're somebody like me who maybe has dismissed Jadena, like, like, I feel like it's worth a re- re-listen, a, a re- re-evaluation. Re-evaluation of him. Mm. I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's his most consistent work, it's his most authentic work, and it's his best work. Right. So good. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah. And on my end, you know, you let the 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 cat out of the bag a little bit. But I'm gonna talk about you know an artist who I don't know at all, <laughs> completely. Uh, Von P. So uh, Von P. is part of a hip hop group, a dope hip hop group called Tanya Morgan. Um, they they basically is Von P. and Don Will collaborators for like years now. And Don Will dropped an album uh, a couple of months ago, which I will eventually get to reviewing probably next week because I am on CP time. But for <laughs> now, <laughs> to get ahead of it, I'm going to talk about Don, I mean, Von P's album. So basically, uh, 
Von P dropped an album where, long story short, it's an ode to old Brooklyn. Um, I mean, obviously, we could kind of sit here and talk about, like, you know, what's been happening as far as, the, you know, just basically, you know, just gentrification and how neighborhoods have changed and yada, 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 and how, you know, things aren't the same. And Von, B kind of, Von P kind of put it all together in a record called City for Sale. Enough where, like, what kind of shook me was early, earlier on is, like, a little sample where they talk about, like, uh, so right now there's a place called City Point, mm-hmm. which is basically you've got your, you know, your Alamo Draft House. You've got, you know, all these, you know, beautiful, this food court in the basement. And, you that know, food you've court got, is whacking overpriced, by oh, the way. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dog, I went ate it today. It was 20 bucks for a fucking, for, for a quarter chicken and some veggies. That was it. <laughs> But anyway, the reason why is because as, as somebody who grew up native New Yorker, like enough where I remember stories from back then. I remember yeah. I remember when I saw a fight happen in an electronic store. I remember all this shit that that area where they built it all up on, where you have all these multi million dollar apartments. You know that used to be a regular ass mall. You could go there and get your gold fronts. That was that was the whole goal. The whole goal was in high school was to save enough money to go out there and be able to buy your gold teeth or maybe your herringbone. Maybe you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And now it's this fucking, you know, it's it's enough where I even hear like the Century 21 that's there, which is like a, the, the high-end discount department store, that's even shutting down because it's going to get, they're going to open up more Alamo fucking. Wow. Yeah, so like you, you're at a point of where these multi-million dollar chain entities can't even survive in that area. So it's kind of a space of where we've kind of moved past like, oh, well, the neighborhood's changed into like the city itself has changed. So... He made this album, dropped it, self-produced. You know, very I believe the very first time he's done a project like this, excellently produced. A lot of soul samples, but not necessarily. It's kind of weird. You kiddies, before you had Kanye West, you know, and you could just kind of speed and pitch, you know, pitch shift shits and make it sound cool that way. Biting off a of RZA is very clean and very bright and it's very smooth and I'm gonna say poppy, but not necessarily in the pop sense of where it's. Um, it's it's populous, but it's enough where it's very clean. Yeah. Enough where these soul loops come in, the hook comes in, it's bright. You know, it comes back in this very well produced album. And it kind of just celebrates, you know, it laments the Brooklyn of old, but isn't like it's not old man yelling at clouds at the same time. It's just yeah. kind of a fun album kind of just about like, you know, the changes the city kind of goes through and how it affects you. And it's and it's fucking just dope and it's flames. And it's 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 something where, you know, it's as an entity and and separate, Don Will and Vaughn have been doing some great hip hop, and they kind of been you know under the radar just because you know we're too busy talking about Trevor Scott documentaries. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But, I mean, uh, yeah. but yeah, but it's it's a it's just a great great record came out fucking last weekend. Props to him, man. You yeah, know what no, shout, shout shout out to Von P, Don Will. Like those dudes have been they've been on their grind for years now. Yes. But I think they and look, I, maybe this is not the case. Like. If y'all listening, like hit me up. But I feel like they like being like on that underground tip. Well, everybody likes being on the underground. We I all mean, like I being I, underground sure they, and cool. I, I'm sure they don't like that underground money. Yeah, exactly. The underground checks is a whole but, other story. You know, but <laughs> I, I, I feel like that's probably where they're most they're the most comfortable. Like I, I can't see them on a Travis Scott track. Well, I think but I know. think they would get used to it with that check though. No, I, no, I, no, I would, no, I, I, mean, I would get used to the I, you know what I'm saying? No, I know, I I know. But yeah. I'm like like in, in all I'm trying to say is like that aesthetic works well for them. Of course, you know, that, I, I think it's something where you know, and and, and you know, I, we use the term like backpacker as a slur in the hip hop community, but like 
you know, that kind of aesthetic is like that's that's what they own, you yeah. know. And and I don't even know it's backpackery because what's weird about that is, and going back to the sample, it's kind of hard because when you talk about like like soul samples, it's like ah oh, shit, I heard it before. It's just really bright. It's something where it's not just like again, you could say boom bappy yada yada yada, but it's not just like because you go back to the idea of where like even the idea of boomback production has changed. So like every time you know every couple of weeks I come up here and I big up like some like alchemists. Or like Mike, or like Mac Hami, or like fucking Rock Marciano, or even what they're doing with the samples are kind of weird. It's sloppy, it's off kilter, it's sinister. Yeah. It's the shit, this looks like they kind of, an NPC kind of came to life and fucking took fucking crack cocaine and started making beats. And so, you know, you, you've got that kind of shifted where even the idea of, I feel like, of Boom Bap in 2019 isn't anywhere what it was in 1999 actually you know what I'm saying like even that the idea of the way you kind of sample things have kind of shifted and I feel like even here the production is like it's not definitely obviously it's, it gets tight it's, it's still soul records you're sampling from but it's done in a way where it's very very hooky and it's just kind of I like, I like it no so, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying like they need to they, they need to be broke I'm just saying like you know like oh like, you know no, I agree it, it, like, it's, it's no, I see what they're, you're saying. They're, they're every they're man. Ha- they're, they're both every man yeah. MC. There's no raps about and, the Maybach. And, there's no fucking. There's no weird trap drums. Yeah, unnecessarily. And, and, and look, like you, like J Cole is a quote unquote every man MC that drives a Bentley. So I mean, you you could you could you could ride that to success. Very you know, you true, could ride that true, to like you know true. to Calabasas if you need to. Very true. Like, literally, because he's he's literally. I'm pretty sure he's one of the first people <laughs> taking advice to Calabasas parties. <laughs> And he shows up there looking like a homeless fucking hip hop. Yeah, dude. like, but he, like again, he has a Bentley. <laughs> so um, that's all I'm trying to say. No, no offense to Don Will Von P. Love you guys. Y'all doing, y'all doing, doing the Lord's work out here. Absolutely. You know, but uh, but no, no, keep it going. I'm, I'm downloading the album right now. Ah, and I will, I will talk about this. This first preview. We'll go delve deeper into Don Will's album next week. Cool. You know, so we're out there. You guys can look forward to it. You know, be out there. You know, some sipping some cognac, probably digesting the oral, the the, the flavor in our ears <laughs> as we sit back and just consume his work. That's right. That's right. But, uh, and, that, and that's about it. You know, thank you all for listening, giving us the clicks, you know, give us the comments, give us love, give us the heat. Yeah. But um, as usual, just thank you for your time and we will hear, hear, see. see? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Could know be. what we do, y'all. Oh, probably see though, because you know what I'm saying. It's all about it's technology. You know what I'm saying. Y'all worried about these smart speakers. You know what I'm saying. What about the phones? What about your TVs? Oh, we in How the- you know there's no cameras in there? You know what I'm saying. We we in your house. You Black know what mirror saying? shit. Exactly. Black mirror you shit. know what I'm saying. That's the way. Y'all gotta stay woke. <laughs> That's the problem. Y'all out here for little earbuds. You know what I'm saying. Out there for little iPhones, your little Xboxes. You don't know how it is out here. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> y'all gotta be careful. You know what I'm saying. CIA out here, FBI out here, trying to get all of us. Y'all need to stay woke. <laughs> And that's it for Corner Store West Coast Hood Dude. Nah. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> we love y'all. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.